0: This is the American Truck Driver Podcast, Episode 6. Hey everybody, it's time to talk safety. Uh, I've had this subject on my mind for a while. I need to address um, something that we all face uh, that is a problem and a plague on our industry, and that is the so-called safety advocates. Uh, Among them are crash, citizens for reliable and safe highways, parents against tired truckers, the Truck Safety Coalition, and Road Safe America, to name a few. I wanted to uh, address safety in, in one of my early episodes because it's uh, it's a huge topic, always has been, uh, in this business, and it, it's one of the most important topics uh that we can discuss you know we talk about business and money and profit and all those things are hugely important to owner operators but safety is important to us all today I saw a post from the truck safety coalition it uh, got my blood pressure up a little bit Uh, now I follow uh, these groups uh, truck safety coalition and Road Safe America on Facebook and I have now for a couple of years And at first I was trying to make a real effort at, you know, trying to engage them and and say, you know, hey, uh, you know, I I don't like how you're portraying the industry and you're not being fair with the the facts and the statistics. And, uh, you know, if you've listened to my podcast for five minutes, you know, you understand I don't scream and yell and cuss and use foul language and those kinds of things, and so I never did when dealing with them. Now, I did get heated a few times, and I probably called the guy an idiot, and I called him a narcissistic sociopath, but eventually I was blocked. Now, what we have to understand is this is not just about trucking, okay? These people, these these advocates, they are in every walk of life. They are in every industry. They are in every issue, be it guns uh, and the you know these these just crazy people with their you know gun control. Uh, it's the same person, the the gay marriage zealot. You know the person that's going to save the world from eternal damnation by getting the gays under control, or they're going to protect children from guns, or they're going to protect someone from something. So, I want to make sure that I'm uh, pointing out that this isn't just about trucking. This is about every industry and every issue that these people are there to try to capitalize and line their own pockets in the name of, insert, you know, name of good cause here. So, first you have to understand the way they operate, and this is across the board. Now, I know a lot of people are going to use the word liberal. They're going to say left-wing. But I'm sorry, there there are people on both sides of the political aisle that do this. Uh, they're right-wing, they're left-wing, they're Republican, they're Democrat, they're liberal, they're conservative. doesn't matter. Um, if you disagree with them, well, they just block you and delete all your comments. Um, there are a lot of... Uh, facebook pages of that uh, you know whether it's political or or whatever they whenever someone challenges them or tries to say you know hey your statistics are wrong or uh, you know you're not being honest with your use of the statistics well they just they just delete you and ban you and block you so i have been blocked and deleted by truck safety coalition and by road safe america I haven't wasted any more time dealing with any of the other groups because now I've decided to deal with them in this format. These people are in fact narcissistic sociopaths. They are fascist zealots who only care about power. I know there there are probably a great deal of them that care about the money But I think the money, I really do believe that the money is not their motivating factor. I mean, they're getting rich off of this stuff. They're getting loaded. Because the, you know, the stoopy-doopy American people will hear the bleeding heart and will listen to their cries and feel sorry for them because they know exactly where to hit you. They know, you know, that if they can make you well up and tear up over a situation, you know, that you'll start feeling guilty and, Or you'll be outraged in some way and you want to do something. Just do something. So today's post from Truck Safety Coalition, I actually laughed when I saw it. Uh, Their commentary with this editorial that they posted, quote, Trucking industry bullies are willing to risk lives for profit. Worse, lawmakers do their bidding for contributions. Now that's just laughable. Trucking industry bullies. Okay, well, who they're talking about here is anybody that doesn't cower at the demands of this particular organization. Well, if you don't like our plan, well, you're a bully. Or if you spend a dime, you know, with a lobbyist or something, trying to get a congressman or to, uh, a member of Congress to vote the other way, well, you're a bully. Here's my question: Truck Safety Coalition is not a bully. Really? I mean, the way I see a bully, a bully is, you know, we always think in our mind of the bully is the kid that comes up and and pretends to be stronger and more powerful than you and wants to steal your lunch money. Well, in my estimation, any person or group that chooses to use the threat of force, uh, fine, or imprisonment to get other people to behave the way they think they should that is the absolute definition of a bully. So trucking industry bullies are willing to risk lives for profits. Well there's that word, profit. Ooh, profits bad. Well let me let me explain something to you, Truck Safety Coalition. As I am sitting here today at 39 years old having been in this industry now for 18 years, I am a safer driver today than I ever have been. Would you care to take a guess as to why? Any curiosity? Let me tell you why. It's called profit. See, my insatiable thirst for profit makes me behave. Because, see, in real life... Right? Not on television, not on the news, not in the movies, not on TV. In real life, you don't get rich by screwing people over. It doesn't work that way. Because if you screw enough people over, then they ended up telling people, and those people tell people, and you get to go out of business. Now, sure, you can screw people over for a short period of time, and you may be able to make a lot of money you know, short term, maybe. But in the long term, you're going to end up broken out of business because integrity, fanatical levels of integrity, are what lead to the highest profits in this country, on this on this planet. That's just a fact. So, my my insatiable thirst for profit is what makes me safe because I don't have a safety net. If I wreck my truck or, you know, I get my contract canceled because I'm driving up and down the road like an idiot, or or I cause damage to someone else's property, or I don't maintain my truck well enough and it breaks because of that, I lose money. So I have a financial motivation to be safe, and I guarantee you now I am a safer driver than I ever have been. So trucking industry bullies are willing to risk lives for profits worse. Oh, here comes the bad part. Get ready. Lawmakers do their bidding for contributions. Well, I mean, that's like being mad at a dog for taking a dump on your living room carpet. Of course lawmakers do their bidding for contributions. That's what they do. It's always been fascinating to me that these people that worship government, and that's, that's, the, that's the classification that they fall in. They worship the government, and they believe that the government has these magical powers. And that the president or members of a certain party uh, or you know, certain members of Congress, they have this magic wand that they receive when they're elected. And when they wave their magic wand, all of a sudden, human beings behave in a different manner. And it's just crap. But these people who worship the government the most are the ones who are the most shocked when the, when the, the politician screws them over or doesn't vote the way that they want him to, well, then all of it, then he got paid off. Well, what do you call it when you bribe and cajole a politician into doing whatever it is you want, no matter how noble you think it is? Well, if somebody writes a bigger check than you did, or that person has more political capital than you did, you're doing the same thing. You shouldn't be shocked that you got screwed over by a politician. So let's move on to the editorial, which is an absolute jewel. Uh, It is from the Orlando Sentinel, which is funny. This is a sidebar. But I remember in 2001, February, I went to the Daytona 500. And this was in February, so it was before 9-11. And I, I remember standing outside the track, and I had a newspaper. You know, back in the the olden days before cell phones and smartphones, you know, we actually picked up a newspaper and read it. And I had the, uh, the Orlando Sentinel in my hand for some reason. And, and, and I was, I remember standing, I was in, in a line. It might have been to get in the track. I think it was on Saturday before the Bush race. And I'm standing there talking to this guy and maybe they were handing out papers. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But anyway... So, on the front page, there was like a survey question, and it had to do with the Daytona 500. Who do you think's going to win? And that kind of stuff. And then down at the bottom, in this in this little section that was doing this, basically where they went around and surveyed people about the NASCAR race, at the very bottom, do you think it was fair how the 2000 election was done and George Bush won? I mean... I'm like, hello, you're going to stick that in with a NASCAR survey just but just so they could, you know, get their pound of flesh. And sidebar, I'm no fan of George W. Bush. That's just what was happening at the time. So the Orlando Sentinel is a piece of garbage. Always has been. You know, it's a, it's a biased publication. Uh, but so here's this editorial. And I love the hyperbole, man. It's awesome. So I'm, I'm going to read it with a little bit of flair so we get the, uh, the full effect. Forget the threat from 18-foot pythons slithering out of the Everglades. Much bigger beasts could be headed our way, prowling Florida roads at 91 feet in length and putting lives at risk. This new threat a trucking rig with two 33-foot trailers attached that state officials would be forced to allow on federal highways. A typical single trailer semi is 74 feet long, including its tractor and hitch called a dolly. Twin 33-foot trailers would add another 17 feet for a total length equivalent to a nine-story building rumbling down the road. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help but laugh. Florida drivers who have tried to pass trucks pulling tandem 28-foot trailers already allowed in the state. No such rigs are notoriously squirrely in high winds. Now add 10 more feet of passing distance. Orange County Commissioner Scott Boyd was among local leaders in Florida who signed letters to the state's congressional delegation opposing the mandate. Boyd's letter noted that longer trucks would, quote, create an unsafe environment for Florida's motorists. Make no mistake... Lives are at risk. Nearly 4,000 people were killed and 100,000 injured in crashes involving large trucks, according to the latest annual statistics. With longer, heavier trucks that are harder to control and stop, the carnage is likely to grow. Trucks hauling multiple trailers are predicted to increase the fatal crash rate by 11%. Shut up, slaves. Be afraid, citizen. The last line is just precious. Now they did. Of course, they, now they got to get in their shot at Congress. So how could the trucking industry slip such favorable wording into a bill without public hearings or other scrutiny? Anyone following the pay-to-play nature of politics and governance knows the answer. Last year, the trucking industry, led by FedEx and UPS, spent nearly $10 million lobbying Congress and nearly $8 million in campaign contributions, according to a Bloomberg business report. And here comes the last line, which is just precious. These giant mechanized pythons guided by fatigued drivers must be kept off the nation's highways. Run for your lives, citizens! The fact that this crap works is what's astounding. I mean, people will read this. Ignorant, stupid, fat Americans that are spoon-fed everything they're supposed to know by the media will sit and read this piece of trash. And and just fully believe that longer, heavier trucks. Well, hey, genius. Here here's a here's a news flash for you. the The trailers on doubles right now are 28 foot. Okay, you got two, two 28 foot trailers. All right. Now you you add a day cab tractor to that. In some cases, a sleeper. But if you Add five feet to each trailer. Now listen, I'm a I'm a public school graduate, okay, so this could be a stretch. But if you add five feet to two trailers, that's a total of ten feet of extra length. Okay? So I don't know where he's getting this up here in the first part of the article, that twin thirty three foot trailers would add another seventeen feet. Twenty-eight and uh plus five is thirty-three. So You're only adding 10 feet, which he says in the next sentence, now adding 10 more feet of passing distance. Equivalent to a nine-story building rumbling down the road. This is so ignorant. But, of course, people buy it. They buy it hook, line, and sinker because they're brainwashed idiots. That's that's pretty much the only way to, to look at it. And they know these people that write this garbage know that the American people are not gonna bat an eye. All they're gonna see is, oh I'm supposed to be terrified. I'm supposed to be terrified. You know, oh you know, oh government, come save me. Come save me, government. So we basically we want to add ten feet of length. Now, let's get to the real reason why we want to add five feet to these trailers. Well, I pull a fifty-three foot Truck uh, or 53 foot trailer. All right, 228 is 56. So, right now, these, these LTL carriers less than a truckload. All right, now hang with me, America, because this is important. See, my trailer, my 53 foot trailer, is used generally for what's called truckload where you need an entire truckload of one product and we generally put up somewhere you know forty to forty five thousand pounds of one product on these 53 foot trailers and we are allowed a gross weight of eighty thousand pounds these doubles that you see going up and down the road that's FedEx, UPS ABF, Yellow Roadway these guys are what's called LTL less than a truckload which means they may have 25 pallets on their trailer that are going to 25 different locations the point of LTL less than a truckload is if I am a shipper or I'm someone that has one pallet To ship somewhere. Well, I'm not going to order a 53 foot trailer to send one pallet. I'm going to call up the freight company and say, hey guys, I got one pallet. Come and get it. And so they send a local truck that will run around town, they're called local drivers, local pickup and delivery, and they'll pick up a pallet here and a pallet there and a pallet over there and a pallet over here and they bring it back to the hub and then the, and then those trucks run from hub to hub. They may run from Columbus, Ohio to Indianapolis, Indiana or they'll run from Indianapolis to Louisville or they'll run from Indianapolis to Atlanta and back and forth and that's all they do. And these trucks are notoriously lighter because you may only have ten or fifteen pallets on a trailer, and they may only be a thousand pounds apiece, or or they may have one ten thousand pound pallet and a couple of five thousand pound pallets. They don't carry generally the same amount of weight as your truckload trucks do. Trucks like I drive are generally heavier than those trucks. Now. If we get the double 33s, they're not getting extra weight. They're still under 80,000 pounds. But it means they can put more of these light LTL, less than a truckload, pallets on their trailer, which improves their productivity and lowers costs. We live in a world now where, I mean, I do. I, I buy most of my stuff that I need off of Amazon because I can have it shipped to my house for free with Amazon Prime I can get it cheaper than if I'm buying it at Walmart or in the retail store and so the the amount of freight that is moving at that volume is astounding in this economy because we're all sending little stuff you know the big truckload comes into the warehouse but then it's distributed out in small packages And that's what these these doubles are doing. They're hauling small little packages that are all of your most of it is your, you know, end user consumer goods. So this idea that a truck that is ten foot longer than another truck that is can't be any heavier is just ludicrous. It's just there's absolutely no common sense involved in any of this, but all all they're after is fear. They want to make you terrified. They want to scare the hell out of you, and and get you to say, "Oh, I'm these mammoth trucks, these uh, what do you call them in the last line? Let me look it up here because it's awesome. Giant mechanized pythons guided by fatigued drivers. Oh, hey jackass, there's another one." I'm getting real, real, real good and tired of uh, drivers being portrayed as these fatigued, we're all about to fall over. Let me ask you something. Have you ever known uh, some a paramedic or surgeon, someone that works shift work? My dad worked shift work when I was little. You know, and I mean, he was a walking zombie because one week he's working nights and the next week he's working days. And guys, here's a newsflash for you. I carry a bed with me everywhere I go. If I get tired, I pull over and take a nap. And this is what like 99% of drivers do. Sure, there's the 1% clueless idiots out there that don't know how to plan their day and they end up running tired. But if you look take the time to look at the FMCSA's own statistics. You'll find that that, that this garbage about fatigue drivers is nothing more than propaganda sent out by these these clueless idiots that run these these outfits that are all about they just want power. They need to be in control. So, uh, you know, it's just it's slander. It's absolute slander and defamation on this industry. All right. So, before I started recording, I decided to do just a I mean, just a quick Google search. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in this. Um, I, didn't, I did already know that the University of Michigan Transportation Research Institute in 1998 did probably one of the most exhaustive studies of fatal car truck crashes in history. And what they found is absolutely fascinating. Between 1975 and 2009... Uh, the large truck fatal crash rate per vehicle mile traveled has fallen 77 percent while that for cars has fallen 64 percent. Trucks have lower rates of involvement in police reported crashes and in crashes causing injuries than do cars. In 2009 the overall police reported crash involvement rate for large trucks was 33 percent of that for cars while their injury rate was just 19% of the car rate. Now, they surveyed almost 9,000 accidents in this test or, you know, in this study that they did. And they found, uh, which is, you know, again, absolutely fascinating, 71% of the crashes involving car and truck, 71% were the fault of the car. Ten percent was the fault of both drivers, and sixteen percent was the fault of the truck driver. Now, our friends uh, in in the in the safety business, the advocate business, they they wear out. Nearly four thousand people were killed every, every year. Okay, they they absolutely they love that. Well, I looked in the FMCSA's report. From 2012, this is awesome, and I didn't know this. Okay, over the last 10 years, uh, the past 10 years, 2002 to 2012, the number of large trucks involved in fatal crashes decreased from 4,587 to 3,802. Now, all the advocates will tell you is that from 2011 to 2012, it went up 5%. They, they, they love to tell you that, you know, but it went up like 150. There were like something like 150 more fatalities in 2012 than there was in 2011. Now, they don't bring you the information that there was a 17% drop over, uh, over 10 years. Now, let's think about our economy from 2002 to 2012 and what we were just talking about with uh, what type of freight and how much of it there is moving up and down the road. You know, 2002 to 2007 when the iPhone came out. Think about from 2007 to 2012, the amount of you fellow citizen have contributed to freight moving up and down the road based off of your own Amazon and eBay purchases. Truck the volume of freight has exploded over that 10-year period, yet, yet, fatal crashes dropped 17%, while the millions of miles traveled just kept going up and up and up and up and up, so we're driving more miles than we ever have been, yet we're still have a 17% drop. If y'all hear stuff in the background, I'm getting loaded, and, and it sounds like they're trying to tear my trailer apart. This is also interesting of the approximately 317,000 police reported crashes involving large trucks in 2012. Now, and this is the same FMCSA report which will be linked in the show notes, so you can go look at it yourself. 317,000 police reported crashes involving large trucks. 1% resulted in at least one fatality. And 73,000, 23% re- resulted in at least one non-fatal injury. Single-vehicle crashes made up 21% of all fatal crashes, which is, that's rollovers, right? You know, where a truck is blowing a steer tire and running off the road or driver falls asleep, whatever happens, a medical issue. But 1% of the 317,000 crashes, only 1% resulted in at least one fatality. That's astounding. You know, it, the, the fact that, and I remember seeing, I couldn't find this, I was looking for it. But I remember when CSA 2010 came out, which is an absolute joke. It's probably a bigger joke than Obamacare, which is saying a lot. Ann Farrow at the time was the head of the FMCSA, and she came out with the numbers after CSA 2010. I guess she came out with that in 2011. And she said, look, overall truck crashes have fallen 4%, basically taking credit for it. Saying, oh, well, we put in CSA 2010, and, and look how you know everything has gone down. Well, if you look, and, and we'll have to, I'll have to dig around and see if I can find it, and I'll put it in the show notes. But if you go back to 1979 up to 2010, the average decrease in the rate of truck crashes was four percent over time over time. So from nineteen seventy nine to two thousand ten, it dropped four percent every year. Well, they put in CSA twenty ten and look, and the crashes dropped four percent, and they go, hey, we did that. This is this is the problem uh when we allow these these idiots to get away with this stuff is because and, and I've seen the same statistics for OSHA. That if you go back, you know, I'm out on a limb here because I don't have anything to back this up, but I heard a guy give a talk about it one time. It was outstanding. But it's out there. If you want to find it, you can go find it. But basically, if you go back and look at workplace injuries before OSHA, you find that they were already coming down. You know, that, that the industry was already making changes to make things safer because it was in their best interest. You know, you're better off not to kill and maim your workers. Hello. But it was already falling at a considerable rate. And then OSHA comes in and it falls at the exact same rate. There was no change. None whatsoever. But OSHA comes in and says, well, hey, you know, we made you put up a yellow rail and, you know, put on 75 different pieces of personal protective equipment and we've saved your life. Well, no, you didn't. All you did was come in and take credit for stuff that people were already doing. These people they're terrible. They just are, you know, and the the biggest problem that I have with them on a moral level is that they're like ambulance chasing lawyers. They find people at their absolute lowest point and they just suck the life out of them. They exploit them and their pain and their suffering. And, and I, think it's, I think it's terrible. I think it's immoral what they're doing. Now, you know, Road Safe America was started by a guy named Steve Owings, whose son tragically was killed in a crash involving a big truck. So they were called to action, you know. Now, look, I'm not going to pretend, and God, I hope I never find out what it's like to lose a child. I have three children, and I I can't imagine life going on if I lost one of them. But I have experienced trucking tragedy in my family. Super Bowl Sunday of, of 2000, January 30th, I get the phone call that you never want to get when you're on the road. I'm sitting in Council Bluffs, Iowa at the TA, And I had that park and ride, park and view, whatever they called it. And my phone rings on a Sunday morning. And it's my sister who never calls me. And so I thought, okay, well, uh, somebody's dead, you know. And I knew my mom and dad were traveling to Columbus that weekend. And so, you know, she says, hey, there's been a terrible accident. Well, I sat down on the bed and prepared myself uh, to hear that my parents uh, had died in a car wreck because I was just that's that's what I was ready to hear, and then she said uh, she said yeah there's been a terrible accident and Debbie and Jenny were killed which is my aunt and my first cousin, well at that point you could have hit me in the head with a two before it not shocked me anymore because I prepared for one thing and then got something completely different, and they were on their way to church getting on the interstate at a at a really tight entrance ramp and something happened it was foggy it was slick and they were in a Jeep Cherokee it got turned around backwards and here comes a big truck. Just blasting through the fog on way too fast, and he drove through that Jeep Cherokee like it wasn't even there. And you know, three people were dead, and um, two scarred for life. You know, and then I had to drive home a thousand miles asking my mom, hey, should I leave my big truck somewhere because I don't want them to have to drive past my house to get to my uncle's house and see a big truck sitting in the driveway. And she was like, no, don't worry about that. It's not a big deal. And there's never been a word said about it. Now, our family's never, ever been the same. It's never going to be the same. It's been almost 16 years. And the scar is still there. But I never one time, ever heard or heard of any member of my family saying a cross word about that driver not a word there there were no national uh, you know plans for uh, you know we're going to take down the trucking industry because terrible things happen sometimes they just do and 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 plus you know my family at least we come from the generation where you don't get even. You don't. You don't try to destroy people just to try to make up for your own pain. Again, I God, I hope I never have to go through that. I hope I never have to get that phone call again. I don't. I don't want to pretend that I know what Steve Owings and his wife and and their son, you know, or the son that that was in the car with the son that died, and watched his brother die. I'm not gonna criticize that and I'm not going to pretend to know what it's like. But when you start distorting the facts, that's where we're gonna have a problem. And that's where we do have a problem. And that's what they do. Now, I, I don't know how much Steve Owings is actually even involved in Road Safe America anymore. They you know, there's a there's a guy that I've I can't remember his name right now, but you know, we've had a little bit of back and forth and i don't believe in your fairy tales anymore you know which is funny to me because you know i'm a i'm a christian i was raised in church uh and i see these these atheists that you know they're kind of like evangelical atheists um and you know they make a lot of sadly they make a lot they make a lot of good points but they talk about y'all your book of fairy tales you know um and and they you know okay guys whatever um but, I see, I feel the same way about government and government regulation that people who don't believe in God, how they don't believe in, you know, manifestations of the Spirit and and healing and all that kind of stuff. You know, to them, that's silly. It's not possible. Well, to me, in this business and in life, I don't see government that way anymore. I used to, and I finally broke free of it. But we have got to, we've got to stop letting these people, in all industries, doesn't matter what it is, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put this in the show notes because it is hysterical. There is a Facebook page called Moms Against Cars and it is absolutely fantastic because basically what they do is they take all of the hyperbole and the propaganda from uh, mom's demand a- what is it mom's demand action against gun violence or whatever it's called they take all of their same language and and vocabulary and apply it to cars and so they have this moms against cars facebook page it is precious it is so so funny so clever i i would love to meet the, the guy or girl that that admins that page cuz it's just it's so good but it shows you how silly it it is to hold these views that oh well, i'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a law passed or I'm gonna get a you know we're gonna get some regulation and it's gonna fix doesn't fix anything, never has and never will uh, but but man, mom's against cars. I gotta put that in the show notes because it is just it's just awesome. and there's one mom's against fire extinguishers and Well, why do you need a fire extinguisher if you can call the fire department? You know, it's just so clever, so well done. Um, You got to check that out. Yes, trucking industry, we've got some work to do. We can do a better job. There's no doubt about that. We can always do a better job. But this idea that somehow through the wonders of government legislation and or action that we're going to get to zero anything is not only foolish it's ludicrous there's never ever going to be zero accidents there's never going to be zero gun deaths there's never going to be zero choking on a cheeseburger it's there's never going to be zero you know why because you have human beings interacting with technology And where you have human beings and technology and large pieces of of metal moving at high speed, which 60 miles an hour is high speed, and and you have very fragile human bodies, you're going to have accidents. And unfortunately, you're going to have deaths. So I want to make sure that I end this um, with saying that there is something that can be done. I don't want the... uh, Oh, yeah, you point out all the problems, but you don't have any solutions. Oh, I, I got some solutions. Number one, no one, no other human being on this planet is going to keep you safe but you. I have told my wife over and over and over again until I'm blue in the face. No one is going to keep her and my children safe on the highway in that vehicle better than she can. I finally learned. Over time, as I'm slowing down, to especially when I'm in a four-wheeler, when I'm in a big truck, I don't worry about the rear view as much. I give myself a lot more room than I ever have so that if I do need to take evasive action, I can at least try to get out of the way. But when I'm in my pickup truck or I'm in the minivan and I'm slowing down, you know, getting ready to pull into my neighborhood, man, I am absolutely just staring in the rearview mirror because I'm not going to get rear-ended by some numbnut moron that's too busy posting on Facebook to watch what the hell they're doing. So, we all have opportunities to protect ourselves, whether it's being an informed consumer when you go to buy a product that you've done the proper amount of research instead of just walking in and saying, well, the government said it was safe so I can just buy it and everything will be okay. No, don't work that way. It's your responsibility to take care of yourself when you're driving down the road in your car or in your big truck or in your school bus whatever you're driving you have gotta have an escape plan you got to you don't have a choice you can either get run over by someone in a car or get run over by someone in a truck and statistically speaking your chances are a lot greater of getting run over by somebody in a car than it is by a truck. So that's just a fact. So you better get used to it. So, you know, if you're driving down the road saying, oh, the person in the car next to me is not a threat, they're the biggest threat. You're near. There's no bigger threat on the highway than the, you know, than the clueless idiot that's doing God knows what behind the wheel. Talk to a truck driver sometime and say, well, tell me what you've seen from your elevated position. Honey, I've seen it all. I I have seen people doing things Behind the wheel of a car that will absolutely blow your mind, pardon the pun, you have to leave yourself an out. You know, that's that's one of the, the keys. They used to teach us these things, the keys, something, I don't remember what it's called now. You know, leave yourself an out, following distance. You know, you don't have to be three and a half inches off the car in front of you. You just don't. Uh, you, you can roll out of the gas and you can be patient. And look, this is coming from the one of the most impatient human beings on the planet. I am terribly impatient, but I have learned the hard way that sometimes I just got to get out of the gas and let some people go. I, I, you know, just just leave a big truck length in front of me, and it's astounding. Now, it's is stupid that I don't have a dash cam yet, and uh, a friend of mine's been on me. He's so like, "You got to get one." I just haven't done it yet, which is pr- dumb in this day and age. It's, it's it's funny the amount of times just in the last couple of years that I've been rolling down the road and I and it's become a, such a habit where I don't use cruise control to try to save fuel mileage that, you know, I end up just backing out of the throttle subconsciously, you know, as traffic starts to back up. And, and I remember just a few weeks ago, man, I, something caught my corner of my eye and, and I look and there's smoke everywhere and I'm thinking, oh, here's the big wreck. And, and I just rolled out of the gas. Well, by the time, I never had to slow down. By the time I got to it, they had already straightened themselves up and, and were back going again. And all I did was roll out of the gas. I may, I may have lost five miles an hour, but I'm responsible for me. Nobody else is. No, there's no government agent. There's no uh, magic pill, magic wand. It's, you know, and I'm still capable of making really dumb decisions. You know, it it's you have to be vigilant. I remember sitting in a in a safety meeting for a company I was working for, and they put this picture up on the screen, and she says, "Tell me, tell me what you see wrong with this picture." And there's like ten or fifteen drivers in the room, and we're all just staring at it like a bunch of idiots, and we're like, "I don't know." And it was one of that company's trucks sitting on top of a Dodge Neon, and and I somebody spoke up and said, "Well, he's parked on top of a four wheeler for one." And she goes, "Well, yeah, that's kind of obvious." But what else do you see? And she pointed out that the person in the car was not injured. I don't I don't know how that miracle happened, but but this truck tractor is just sitting up on top of this car. And finally, someone spotted it. And up on the side of the sleeper was two two of them two one million mile safe driving stickers on the side of this truck. And she looked at us all because they had us broke up. We were in the experienced driver's orientation and then there was a rookie orientation in another room. She said, rookies nickel and dime us to death. They back into and over everything. But you experienced drivers kill people. And you could feel the air go out of the room because we all knew she was right. We all knew that is experienced drivers that we were going to get cocky and complacent, and we are the ones that are, that are at the greatest risk, not the rookies, not the Swift drivers that everybody likes to make fun of on twisted truckers. Swift's not the one killing everybody. It's, it's us, it's me. It's, it's the experienced drivers that think, oh, I got this. You know it's, I'm just you know I'm, I'm pre-programmed and I'm Billy Big Rigger super trucker and I got this figured out. No, we're the ones that that do the most damage. And you've got to own that. You know, if you're you're going to roll up and down the road in a 40-ton bullet, you have to own the fact that other people's lives are in your hands. And nothing, you know, this comes down to individuals making good choices. You know, I have listened to these safety people talk to their blue-in-the-face and, and I've met a lot of them, you know, I've met a few of them that were idiots, but most of them are genuinely people who care. They really are passionate about safety and they want to say something, anything, that will get a driver to realize that they have to make the conscious choice to be safe. And I know I finally did, you know, unfortunately, I you know, I've been in like one wreck um, that, you know, no injuries. Uh, but I've never killed anybody. But, you know, when you have an industry that is like this, where you don't have a, you don't have a slave driver cracking the whip over you. You're out here, you're autonomous. You're out here by yourself. There's nobody to keep, to hold you accountable. There, there's nobody to, you know, oh, now don't do that driver. You know, you have to, Keep yourself accountable. Back in the day when I started, if I did something stupid, somebody'd yell at me on the radio and say, "Hey, dummy," you know, and I would find out, you know, that whatever I did was discourteous or unsafe, or that's how I learned was a CB radio. But now in this age, you know, and I'm just as guilty as the next guy. I've got my iPhone and I got my iPad and I got my audio books and my satellite radio, and I'm not listening to the CB. Of course, I'm, I'm not going to let you away with it. Well, CBs, we're a lot safer. That's crap. Because my CBs never on, and it doesn't affect my safety. Because, I don't. number one, I don't drive like an idiot, you know, 10 mile over the speed limit, and then, you know, shocked when something happens in front of me. I turn it on if it's real, real bad weather. Uh, but that's it. Because I'll get tired of listening to the garbage. I'm, I'm just not going to sit and listen to that crap. But you have individuals who have to make... A hundred choices a second, you know, and it's hard, you know, because now, of course, now with all this contact, and we've got cell phones and Bluetooth headsets, and you know, we can stay in contact with people at home, but those are all distractions. Those are all things that can take your eye off the ball. So, the trucking industry, we have to take responsibility for our own actions, and we have to be the ones that are going to step up as individuals. Uh, these blanket just throw a blanket over the problem, you know, in the form of regulation or policy or procedure. That doesn't work. It never has worked and it never will work. Uh, we somehow, you know, uh, and that's, that's part of me doing this podcast, you know, is, is find a way to at least be one voice that's saying, hey, it's up to you. Nobody's going to make the decisions for you. You have to do it yourself. If you want more money, go earn more money. If you want to be safer, go be safer. If you want to learn how to do something new, go do something new. Uh, but don't sit around with your thumb up your butt and wait for somebody else to come do it for you. Because that's not happening. That, that train is not coming. It's up to you. Individual driver. Man, woman, doesn't matter. We all have to make the individual choices that we are going to do what's right. And we're going to do the, 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 the most we can to protect ourselves to protect our industry, and to protect the motoring public. So that's all for today. Uh, hit me up, uh, American Truck Driver, on Facebook, uh, www.anamericantruckdriver.com. Email Driver at gmail.com. I've gotten a couple of positive emails. I love those. Keep them coming. Um, and share, people, seriously. Share, share, share. Share the links, share the Facebook pages, share the posts. Uh, let's get this thing out and um and and and, and get some other people involved so that's it i'm an american truck driver i'm out